Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I have the immense pleasure of chatting with Karen Ross. Um, Karen is uh, an author. She's a creative and improvement person. So many things does Karen do. Um, How are you, Karen? I'm totally fabulous and I'm super excited to uh, be on your podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, thank you for agreeing. The pleasure, I can assure you, is all mine. But for those people, um, in fact, actually, I should say this is the 150th episode of uh, of the podcast, and uh, we're going to mark it with speaking in this conversation with you. And I think the topic of the conversation, I think, is, is so important today, which we'll get into in a second. But for those people who don't know who Karen is, who is Karen? And I wish you got to sit in that seat today. That is a, a totally wonderful question. Well, for those people who don't know me, I uh, live here near Chicago, Illinois, and I do a whole bunch of different things. And I actually started out as a stay-at-home mom. So I was a stay-at-home mom until my 40s. In my 20s, I got a master's degree in sculpture. So I'm actually an artist. And after kids uh, went to high school and I got a work permit living here in the United States, I thought, what am I going to do? I thought I was going to be an art professor, but that didn't work out. So I went to work in customer service, frontline customer service. And I took care of 300 customers in a payroll company. And I heard the voice of the customer loud and clear in my ear. And it wasn't a super happy voice often because we often made errors on their paychecks. So I was lucky enough to have many fabulous people help me learn about lean process improvement. And I wrote Toyota Way to Service Excellence with my fab friend, Jeff Liker. Then I wrote How to Coach for Creativity and Service Excellence (laughs) on my own, which brings in my whole creative background. And I started Karen Ross Consulting about five years ago when I was 55. And you know what people said to me? They said, 55, that's when people start to think about retiring when you're starting business. But I wanted to be able to do things in the way that I wanted to do with my own integrity. It's super important to me to create a better world. So I have a foundation for uh, kindness called the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. I have a school for kind leadership. And I just want to say that, you know, if somebody had told me in my 20s that when you're almost 60, Karen, this is what you're going to be doing, I would have said, you're crazy. But, you know, (laughs) life happens and you use all the stuff you learn along the way and to make and create a better world. We're not passive acceptors of the world as it is. We're actually active creators of the world. So we really need to think about how do we want the world to be, not just for us, but but for others. So that's a little bit about me. 
Yeah, thank you so much for that, Karen. And the, the word kind features in your latest book. You've just said the word, the kindness and kind then in your introduction then. And, and kindness and being kind is such an important part of, of who you are and what you do now. Has it has that always been the case? Have you always been a kind person and in, in, in recognise the importance of kindness or not? You know, that's a super interesting question. I had something really fun happen maybe like six weeks ago. I had put a post on LinkedIn about kindness and someone commented on the post and the person wrote the comment and said, is this the Karen Ross that grew up in Nepean, Ontario, Canada? Because if it is, I think we were best friends in elementary school. Wow. And so I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been looking for this person for years and years and years. And here she suddenly appeared. So we called each other up like right away on FaceTime and we had this super happy reunion. And she said to me, I really, when I read the post, the reason I thought it was you is because it was talking about kindness. And you were the, as a child, like you were the kindest person I knew. And that was so interesting to me because, you know, when you think about yourself or you think about yourself growing up, maybe those aren't the kind of things you think about, but when you hear that from some other people. So I've always wanted to be kind. Growing up, I remember that it was very important to me to be kind. And when people asked me, what do you want when my kids were little, what do you want for them to be when they grow up? I always said kind. Love it. Absolutely love it. So the the podcast, as you know, is called Business Problem Solved. But where does kindness come in to solving business problems? That is the best question (laughs) I have received. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time working with with a lot of different kind of organizations, service, manufacturing, um, all over the world. And as we've been in COVID and we saw all different kinds of business problems occur and all different kinds of problems occur in the world, it really, I really started reflecting and thinking about what actually is causing all of these problems. And I came to the conclusion that there's two, two causes. And one is failures of leadership and failures of kindness. And that when you put those two things together, you can link almost every business problem back to those, back to those things. Because, okay, let's say we're having a problem in our organization of high turnover and employee retention. Well, we start to take a look and we start to think about, well, why are employees leaving us? And we find out that we don't give them opportunities to develop. They fear, have like some kind of fear of their manager. They are unhappy, you know, with the rewards or or the, you know, opportunity for them for promotion. And when you think back, you think, well, where does that stem from? Well, maybe leadership is not paying attention to the needs of the people who work for them. Maybe things are being done in unkind ways. We're not listening to people. We're using those nine blockers and comparing people to the other. And if you think about almost every business problem you can think of, and you really ask why five times and five times and five times. Failures of leadership, 
and failures of kindness. Perfect. So just just so we're all, all, all on the same page, everybody listens to this and, and both myself and you, what's your definition of kindness, Karen? That is a super good question. And when I wrote the book, The Kind Leader, I interviewed lots of different people and leaders, all different kinds, and I asked them that exact same question. How do you define kindness? And for the most part, you know what I was met with? Silence. People could tell me about an example of something that somebody did kind to them or something that uh, they did kind for someone else, but that definition of kindness escaped them. So here's the definition I've created. Kindness is taking the feeling of empathy we have. So empathy is our ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and understand something from their point of view, not from our point of view, from their point of view. So our thoughts of empathy and then our feelings of compassion. So compassion is feeling someone else's suffering and wanting to do something about it. Kindness is the action we take to alleviate someone's suffering based on our empathy and compassion. It's the actual action we take with the purpose of making something better for somebody else. I love that. I love that. Can, and the, the first question that pops into my mind then is, is can anybody be kinder? Or because what you, in your definition then, it, there's, a, there's a lot of awareness that is required um, in, terms of, in terms of empathy um, and, and how they are. But, but can anybody be kinder? Anybody can be kinder and everybody can be kinder. And it's a practice. So since kindness is about action, and in the book, I talk about acting kindly, speaking kindly, and thinking kindly. So those are all things that we have to practice. I think one of the assumptions that we make is that every single person knows how to act kindly, knows how to speak kindly. I think that's incorrect. If you grow up in an environment in which you are not spoken to kindly, in which you are not the, the actions your parents take, your teachers take, your friends take, are not kind, you don't learn how to be kind. So it's super important to actually remember kindness is a practice that needs practice. And when people act in an unkind way, my first assumption is they don't know a different way to act. Yeah. No one taught them. Yeah, completely. No, I see that. I see that. And, and all sorts of things are, are, and experiences are, are flowing through my mind now. So I guess in, you just touched on the book um, then, your, your brand new book. It's, uh, I think at the time of this podcast, the time of the 150 episodes, it, it'd be out to the world. The kind leader will be available for everybody. Uh, it's there in your hands now. Um, when did you, when did the, um, before we, we talk about some of the concepts in the book a, a little bit, um, when did the idea pop into your head or where were you at the time when you went, actually, I'm going to write about this because there's a gap? That's, that's a wonderful question. And I'm going to say, and the book starts out by saying, I never thought I was going to write <laughs> <laughs> leadership. That's the way the book starts. And I will say in August or September last year, as we were all just struggling through COVID 
and things here in the United States were like really crazy and I would turn on the news and I would hear one thing that was like totally egregious and then I was like oh things can't get any worse and <laughs> it did and I really one day I woke up in the morning and I thought here's the problem the problem is failures of kindness failures of leadership the whole outline for this book flowed out and I said I'm going to write a, a book about kind leadership because this is just too important to actually leave to chance it's it, it's it's not a discussion when when people think about kindness and they think about leadership they don't think those two words can go together because Leadership needs strength and kindness implies weakness. Yeah. I don't think that's the case at all. You think about a tough situation you've been in and it takes an unbelievable amount of strength to act, react and interact kindly, to stop and put yourself Force yourself into somebody else's shoes and think about what, what is happening from their perspective. Compassion is a thing that takes practice too, right? Lots of times we're with people and we're like, well, I just don't agree with that point of view. And right? Yeah. It takes unbelievable strength to be kind. It's really easy just to go off on someone yeah. <laughs> and start screaming at them, right? Yeah, no, completely, completely. So just on your, t on your two things, failures of leadership and failures of kindness, um, how do you articulate the, the I guess, the, the reason, the, I don't, I don't want to say the, the benefits of being kind, but I'm, I'm, that's kind of where my, my question is leading. Because you, when, you, when you talk about oh, those, those leadership coaches and executive coaches and it's all about um, improvement, it's about habits and behaviours and, and, and trying to create leaders, leaders creating environments. Um, but then one of the things that, that you're advocating here is that kindness should be something that people do within those environments. How do you articulate and get across the benefits of kindness so that people want and have a desire to be more kind? Well, one of the interesting things is when we think about leadership and we think about organizations, oftentimes we're very focused on the ends, right? And especially if you're a leader in general, you probably have the responsibility to bring in the shareholder results, right? You're the person who has the responsibility to make sure this project is done at a certain time. And when we're very focused on the ends, we tend to forget about the actual people who are achieving or <laughs> doing the work yeah. and, and creating those ends. And when we actually forget that people are people and they're human beings and how we treat them and how we interact with them and, and how we help them to get better at what they need to do, that, those are the means right? And so leaders tend to be focused on the ends, but we need to actually help leaders focus on the means. How do we get to know our people as people? How do we recognize people's efforts? Not just the ends. How do we make sure that they feel that they're included, that they're part of the organization, that they, that they as human beings count? And so 
the book actually isn't about the ends or better results, but there is a part in the book where it lists a lot of different studies that show <laughs> kind of leads to better business results. Yeah. Okay. No, it's got good. So, um, what do you hope to achieve with the book? I hope to achieve to get. And first, actually, I'm going to go back and I'm going to define a different leadership for you. Okay. Because we've got a lot of, again, complicated, complicated definitions of leadership, but we have a very simple one in the kind leader. A leader is someone who has one person following them, at least one person following them. And a follower is someone who's decided to pay attention and uh, go along with the cues and the desires of someone who's a leader. Yeah. Every single day, each of us, as I say, puts on our leader hat and puts on our follower hat. We switch between both of those multiple times a day. So at work, you may not be the CEO. You might not even be a supervisor. You might be me, the frontline customer service person entering the payroll, right? And then I say, I'm not a leader. But actually, then I go home and... I'm the leader of my family, yeah. right? I go and I coach my child's sports team. I'm a leader there. So every single person is a leader. And my goal for this book is that every single person recognizes when they are in those leadership roles and works and practices every single day to act speak and think more kindly and I haven't gotten to show the book to anyone else yet so I'm super excited because I just got it throughout the book yeah. there's practice exercises right in the book for each of the different kind leader practices and behaviors so that you can on a daily basis practice think about it if every single person when they're wearing their leader hat did one more kind thing. Because again, it's a practice. Maybe it's going to take us a lifetime to get kinder. We can all practice. Yeah. Think about how much kinder the world would be because then the person who's wearing the follower hat, when they go off to the place they're wearing their leader hat, now they have a model for yeah. how to lead with kindness. One more kind leadership act a day. Yeah, love it. Love it. I love it. I think there's there's so much there's so much that can be achieved with 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 more kindness. And I, I guess I guess when you said your your journey at the start, that's one hell of a journey to get to where you are on that seat today. When when you consider the steps that you've taken, and you were creative, you are creative still, and you've taken that with you through your journey. But then you've been able to to co-author books um and, and then you're now a thought leader or a, a, a somebody with a presence within the improvement space um is kindness the secret of your success you know i'm going to i'm going to give you a, a quick example so a few weeks ago uh i got an email from someone who had listened to a podcast of mine and they were very uh inspired by the podcast and they said I'm just I'm I'm a student I'm trying to figure some stuff out do you think it would be possible like like just to speak to you 
So I have a lean way of processing my email. I respond to everybody within an hour. So I responded to him. I said, I would be happy to speak to you. Uh, I have a little bit of time in about an hour. Do you have time? And so we got on the phone and now we've had three or four coaching sessions. Wow. And so he said to me, he said, I went to school because he studied industrial engineering. He said, I went to school and I told some people that I was getting help from Karen Ross and they were shocked. I said, here's the important thing. If we're kind to people, it's going to make a better world. The small amount of time it takes me to help someone, the small amount of time it takes me to respond to your email, to chat with you, that's going to give other people a model for how should I respond for someone else. I practice what I teach. Yeah, I love that. Great story. Great story. It, it, it just, again, it shows. And I've spoken to so many people on the, path, the podcast that have got slightly different angle. Um, or, so I've spoken to somebody about gratitude and somebody else about trust. But it all comes down to it's all about people. And it's about how we are with people and we um and i was saying to you before um be before we started recording that i lost my best mate three years ago and he, he shared with me three lessons um before he passed when he was reflecting on his 39 years the first lesson was about always being yourself the second lesson was making good friends um and the third lesson was about acting now because time's limited but when i think about making good friends that is about trust it's about kindness it's about recognizing that everybody is an individual and doing what you can um in a in a selfless way as opposed to a selfish way it's about giving and, and, and not receiving um so yeah so that, that's that was just what what popped into my head then what is currently popping into my head also is is when you go like this with your hands it's like it's like there's a rainbow do you do your own nails i do my own nails absolutely every week i do my own nails and I like all kinds of colorful things. So I was at a client and the client said, oh, fire nails. Yeah. And, you know, it's a super fun. And also you can see in my background, I design and sew my own clothes. So this is uh, uh, work that I'm working on right now for, I'm going to wear it to the uh, Kind Leader book book launch <laughs> party. So I got to keep sewing because that's in yeah. a few weeks. Amazing. Amazing. So how do you use your creativity within within your role now? How, how do you find, or do, does creativity help you? Because um, you're, you're a very creative person, aren't you? Creativity helps us all. And actually, I think all of us are innately creative. And if you want to solve a business problem, the way to do it is through creativity. So people always say to me, you all, you work in like the business world. Wasn't it a waste of time to uh, like take a master's degree in sculpture? I said, you know, if you want to make a 500 pound sculpture that's made of steel and glass stand up together, you need a lot of creativity to solve that problem. Creativity is what helps us solve problems. It's that divergent thinking. It's that saying, oh, hey, I have an idea that I'm going to write a book about kind leadership and turning it into a reality, figuring out how to turn that into a, a reality. So I believe that people don't actually like copying. So when we go into an organization and we say, okay, here's just all these lean tools and you're going to do this all exactly the same way, people say, mm, not here. We didn't create this. This, this, this doesn't apply to us. 
And you say to people, hey, your customers are really upset because, you know, they're getting payroll checks that are wrong. How would you feel if your paycheck was wrong? What do you think we could do to help make things better for those people that actually we serve? And then they give you a million different ideas. And then you help them turn those ideas into reality. And the more we help people turn that idea into reality, suddenly the more creative they become, right? Yeah. The more ideas they get. Yeah, completely. So, is, so just, just based on what you said, is, is the follow-up to the kind leader the kind creative leader? <laughs> maybe that's going to be, or maybe the predecessor yeah. is yeah. how to coach for creativity and service excellence, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Because just think about it. Now, just even in the business process improvement world, how many people have gone to training that's taught them some kind of lean tool or Six Sigma tool or business process improvement tool? Probably almost everybody. People go to white belt, yellow belt, green belt. Yeah. How many people actually have gone to any kind of training class that has helped them learn to get more and better ideas? How to practice their creativity? Very few people. But when you think about it, unless you have an idea about how to do something differently, you have nothing to turn into a new reality. You have nothing to use your lean principles, practices, and tools on. So the truth is we need to focus on helping people reclaim their innate creativity. Maybe you went to school and you were drawing and a teacher... Mm, Loved, right? Or maybe you're in a business meeting and you never give an idea, but you gather up your courage and you give your idea and the leader of the meeting rolls their eyes. Yeah. Where everyone says that's a dumb idea or they put you your idea somewhere on the pick chart that's in the like, we're never going to do this. You probably never want to give your idea again. We need oh, to encourage people because the only thing that's going to make a better, kinder world for all of us is people's ideas about how to do things differently than we're doing them now. Yeah, I was going to say, because that, that is an act of kindness, isn't it? Encouraging and, and allowing people to, uh, to, to speak up um, and create in that environment. So I, I can see how it all links together really, really, really well. Really well. What's next for you, Karen? Well, I have my new school for kind leaders. And so I'm working with a variety of people. We have our fall curriculum that's just come out. We have two actual classes and three workshops and we'll be expanding. And it's based on the ideas in the book and around practice and practice with community because it's not easy to be kind. We're all human beings, you know? If you think I'm kind all the time, <laughs> I can guarantee at the end of a day when I'm frustrated, I may not be perfectly kind too. We need people to help us and be with us as we practice our kindness. And it's great to learn from books, but I think we also need to learn from classes and from being in community with other people as we practice. So that's uh, new and next. And I haven't told anybody this yet, but I'm going to tell you is that I also like to write poetry. And I've really been thinking that I want to publish a book of poems. Amazing. So I have a, a whole bunch that I've written in the start, but I'm going to work on that this year as well. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Just just back on on the kind on the kind leader, just for a second. I, I'm a big advocate of, of that. Um, if you can if you can help help somebody to think differently, then they'll do different and achieve different results. But it starts with thinking and, and thoughts, and, and uh, I guess in in in, uh, in the models that I use. But what you've got there is um, think more kindly, act more kindly, do um and think, speak. Think? Yeah, think, speak, and do. Um, so the speaking and the doing comes after the thinking in in my head is, is is that how it works in your model as well and it or not i actually have an opposite model all right okay go and i use it in my lean work too i think that doing changes thinking so yeah i okay. am going to actually and they are all related as you'll see in the book yeah you know they're all related but I'm going to ask you to do, I, I'm going to give you, as a coach, I'm going to say, I'd like you to try and do this. And it doesn't matter to me whether you understand the why. Because there's many things I could talk to you and tell you the why, and you're just not going to believe it. But when you do something, and you see a different result, when you go to someone, and instead of having a huge tirade about what they did wrong, you actually sit down and you say to them, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. And you get a different result. That's what's going to change your thinking. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's completely it's cyclical, exactly like you say, and exactly like you've articulated there and, and, and on the front of the book. Um, so how does somebody think more kindly? Or what's, could, Would you give us one of the practices for thinking more kindly? Sure. Thinking more kindly is assume positive intent. That's the very first one. And so I have an exercise that people can try. And let's say you're at work or you're at home and you see something like I'll just give you an example. In my case, we have this nice peninsula in our kitchen. And for me, one of the things I really like it when nothing's on it, <laughs> it's just clean. And I come down in the morning and I see there is a coffee cup left on the peninsula. I want you to become aware of what is your first assumption? Is it kind or is it unkind? Well, maybe my first assumption is my husband knows he's supposed to put that car. I don't like that. Like, what could he possibly have left that coffee cup out there? He's out to get me. He knows that's going to drive me crazy. Oftentimes, because of the way our brains are wired, we have a negative first assumption. Yeah. But we need to change to a kind of positive, assume positive intent. So my suggestion is, first of all, pay attention to your thoughts. Notice when you have a negative first assumption, then get out a piece of paper and write down every other possible <laughs> reason. <laughs> Someone could have left a coffee cup on the peninsula like, oh, the dog was sick in the night. And I spent all evening before I went to bed cleaning up dog barf on the kitchen floor. So when you woke up in the morning, you didn't have to do that. And I guess I forgot that I left my coffee cup on the peninsula. Yeah. Assume positive intent. So is that allowing him to leave more coffee cups on the side or not? 
better at right if something is on there you know it's okay things yeah. aren't like people aren't perfect no one yeah. is perfect that's yeah. okay yeah no i love that i love that i love your message i love i love what you stand for i, lo- I love just how how you brought everything together and uh to to offer value and, and to help other, with your with your unique perspective on it so i just want to thank you thank you so much for sharing that um what you're having for your tea karen so tea evening meal what, what you're having for that one Okay, so um, I'm going to be having a lovely pasta and sauce made out of my next door neighbors who are fabulous people. We've lived next door to them for 20 years. And I don't garden. I don't cook either. They have the most beautiful garden and they've made fresh pasta sauce and brought it over to us so that we can enjoy all of the wonderful vegetables that they grow. Isn't that kind? I was just about to say that same thing. Yeah, that's, that is very kind. Very kind. So did, were they kinder to you first or were you kinder to them first? You know, when I moved to this house, I never lived in a, in a like single house and we had nothing. And so I didn't have a lawnmower. I didn't have any, anything you would... And they were unbelievably kind and they came and helped us with everything. And we've helped them with a lot of different things. The thing about kindness is the kinder you are to others, the kinder they'll be to you. The kind It just creates more and more kindness in the world. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And if people want to find out more about you, Karen, um, more of maybe the book, um, some of your previous books or maybe some support, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? First of all, you can follow me on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest. Send me a LinkedIn message. You can send me an email at Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, at KarenRossConsulting.com. I also have a new website, www.KindLeadership.org. And for the Love and Kindness Project Foundation, work that you that we do you can uh, follow us at www.loveandkindnessproject.org and just an aside i'm super excited that we just found out that the foundation will be providing kindness welcome packages to all of the children of the afghan refugees who are arriving here in the chicagoland area so i'm super super excited about that amazing amazing oh i love that i love that no i just want to say thank you so much for uh, for joining me today sharing your story sharing the lessons and just um and allowing us to dig into the, the kind leader a little bit more it's been an absolute pleasure to uh to to chat with you today karen so thank you very much Thank you so much. And it's an honor to be on the 150th episode. Yes, you are. No, honestly, I look forward to, uh, to hopefully catching up again with you very soon. And uh, good luck with everything you've got going on. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.